Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Corey Luna, and on the second episode, we're chatting with my best friend, Lenny Hamaker, of Imitation Growth, which is a duo we put together in 2017 and are currently working on our first album. Getting close to two decades, yeah, a little bit longer, maybe yeah. like 15 years or so now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we started playing again, what, two years ago now? Two years ago, yeah. It was like in November, September, November. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so let's get some background on you. Like, when did you start playing? Um, when did you start getting into electronic music? Um, that was in, I think, 2002, 2003. I was still in high school. Um, I had met um, a mutual friend. Um, I'm going to keep his name anonymous. Um, yep, yep. Um, but um, he kind of got me into synthesizers and synth pop music. Um, from It was a complete you know, divide from you know, the music I was listening to, which was like punk rock and, you know, new metal I guess you know of the time you know I, I can't I, it feels bad now even thinking back <laughs> on those days of listening to that kind of music and you know I think you know over I think it, it kind of like as an evolution of most people's music kind of tastes kind of change you know either yearly or you know every 10 years so it's kind of it's interesting now that you know you and I are getting back together and doing this music thing yeah um, I was impressed that you said yes when I said hey man let's play again <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you said yes because it's been awesome well yeah I mean when we met up at that bar you know to see the Lumerians play yeah um, you know I had just purchased you know a couple of you know little you know things Korg had done you know these Volkas kind of got me back into kind of um, you know starting out again with electronic music completely different from what I usually do which would have been playing bass or guitar or um, you know because I was really into a lot of um, doom stoner metal kind of stuff you know really droney kind of stuff so you know it kind of was a complete you know transformation or I guess a reemergence of the electronic music that I had kind of you know pushed in the back of the closet because of kind of some bad blood that had happened in the past mm -hmm. you know? absolutely and I, I know what you mean yeah, you know I, I know. took a hiatus from playing for like 10 years you know mm -hmm. but you know I was doing other stuff yeah. just you know just not music right but um now so tell me a little bit more about you know now that you've gotten back you've been playing again and uh what are some of the pieces that have been inspiring you to to uh, get really more in depth into electronic music and the equipment involved so artists like um, you know yeah. I just recently found I mean I've, I've been watching the um, the patch CV movies that are coming out on Vimeo oh, those are cool um, I watched I dream of wires also another movie that kind of got me into modular um, you know, you you and I going to Res Freak in Oakland, kind mm. of like, you know, seeing people play on these instruments that were completely foreign to me. You know, just like a bunch of, you know, my friend says like a bunch of rainbow spaghetti everywhere. You know, it <laughs> it, it was something alien that I was, but also it intrigued me to a degree of like, 
I want to know how to do this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've been watching um, Richard Devine on YouTube. I've been watching um, Ann Annie on YouTube, you know, um, and a bunch of other people, you know, like a lot of instructional videos on certain modules kind of, you know, really inspire me to kind of see what I can really, you know, do with the modules. Um, but before I even went to module, um, Eurorack modules, um, I was wanting to purchase a Korg Monopoly, and I purchased one on Reverb, and it ended up not being exactly how I wanted it, and I returned yeah. it. So I had all the I had the money already. So I was just like, you know, like I think I need to maybe consider, you know, the investment into Eurorack. You know, yeah. I kind of had to pull the trigger and go, okay, like, you know, I thought I would never have the money or the time to purchase, you know, a startup kind of you know Eurorack thing, and I just kind of pulled the trigger and was like. I think I'm gonna do this. Yeah, and uh, and back to the 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 Cork Monopoly, which you, know, you and I both have a history with, mm -hmm. you know, from long ago. Mm -hmm. But yeah. and uh, and don't get me wrong, that's a great synthesizer. You know, it's a it's, it. that was fun to work with. It was mm -hmm. really fun. But that's one of the problems with the older synths from the '80s and and and, be, and before that, is that because they're all analog synthesizers, their circuits die and they're they're faulty. You bump them and they're out of tune. You right. know, I mean, yeah. I still have my um, Akai AX60, and it, you know, voices are going on it, and yeah. you know, you can only do so much with it, and and then you're gonna need to go get it repaired. The yeah. same with the Core Monopoly. Yeah, it's true. Which is you know, and and it's just the nature of the you know the older you know generation of what we first learned on. Right. And then now you've got, now you're into Eurorack, and I think you really went down the rabbit hole. Like really I fast. Did, I, I did, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I want to say I regret it, but I kind of don't, you know, I know my, my credit card statements kind of, you know, speak loud, you know, to me, you know, every month, oh, okay, I gotta, you know, definitely gotta pay down those credit card, you know, bills, you know, but, you know, the ability to be able to, you know, work with these modules, you know, and really see what I can do with them creatively, you know, it, it takes me out of my wheelhouse. You know, where I'm like, you know, I can pick up a bass and I can play music. You know, I, I played in a reggae band, you know, and punk bands, you know, for almost a decade, mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, being able to kind of, you know, expand, you know, what I could do creatively is in itself, you know, that joy, you mm. know. And, you know, yeah, I did pay a lot of money, but, you know how how else are you going to be able to re i mean you know you kind of like as an artist like a painter or a photographer like you know there's no price really on that kind of you know um on the experience. Immers immersiveness mm. with your tools yeah so i mean it might cost a lot of money for those tools but you know what can you really achieve with that and i think it all comes back to you know being, you know, humbling yourself to be able to, you know, create something with something that's completely foreign to you. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, something that's, to me, with you playing around with Eurorack now is the experimentation and getting to know a module, what it can do, and the fact that a lot of these modules coming out now, a lot of these companies that are just like, it's like one person designing them, they're all coming, all these designers are coming from a, uh, a coding background, mm -hmm. you know, so everybody is doing, has their own, a lot of them are doing open source, some of them are, but 
you know, they've got these great algorithms that they're putting into these little little modules that that can do fantastic things that we didn't that you know people are still dreaming of. You know, there's there's these guys out there that are still doing the that are still sitting around thinking, how can I change it? You know, and we'll see stuff like mutable instruments and and that guy's forever changing his own modules and coming out with you know not just upgrades but but discontinuing them and 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 altering and creating a new module out of out of his own imagination even um expert sleepers is doing that too with you know the disting although it's more rather he's doing versions of it now on on the version four i think it is and even he's a coder and it's they're doing phenomenal things it's amazing you know and, and i think you know kudos to those guys that are you know are using their creative minds and their abilities to be able to, you know, help other people do the same thing, you know, and, and then, you know, seeing people using their modules, I'm sure they must feel, you know, really happy about seeing people, you know, using that and making something immensely beautiful, you know, out of their own, out of their own minds, you know, out of, out of the minds of the engineer, yeah. you know. And, what are you getting out of it? Out of now, now that you're into Eurorack, you've you know you've played with the Volcas, you've got your mini logs and the monologue from Korg, and now you've got a, you know this nice what 84 HP setup you got here, mm-hmm. and you've got all kinds of you know great modules. Tell me, what what are the modules you like the most so far that you're really appreciating getting a lot out of? Um, I just got the Maleco um, Variegate Eight. Um, and I realize now I probably, <laughs> I think this is kind of the uh, the way it goes. You know, it's like you get a tattoo, you just need you need another one. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I got the very very gate eight, and now I'm looking at I need. I'm like, oh, now I need the the voltage block. You know, because um, so the very gate eight, you know, it 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 sends out mainly gate signal, um, which is really really convenient to kind of have as your hub. You know, to control all of these modules. You know, drum modules or, you know, oscillators or something like that. But I realize, like, you know, I have the rings module as well. And, and reading the manual, it's like, oh, it needs two CV inputs and a gate. It doesn't have to work like that. But, you know, they say optimally will work better if you have these three, you know, inputs, you know, being, you know, CV and gate, you know, triggered. Yeah. So, so that those the maleco i mean it, it comes down to your it's so strange because i never would have thought in the beginning of this that i was like thinking of utilities as something as a really important thing when it comes to euro rack and now i'm like looking at like i need the roland 531 mixer so i can <laughs> control all of these sounds otherwise it's like where are they gonna go you know mm-hmm. you need you need to be able to kind of monetize these things and i think you know initially when i got into euro rack it was like Oh, I want these LFOs. I want this oscillator. I want these filters and stuff like that. But at, at the end of the day, for me, you know, having good utilities is kind of the basis for kind of you know how your sound's going to be you know heard. You know, either in a DAW situation or in a live situation. These are the thing. These are the tools that are going to be needed and are necessary for your listener and for yourself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, and there's another thing, and you know, when you first get into it, of thinking, 
need all these things and once you start getting into it you realize you don't need as many modules as you thought yeah like you know when i started getting into it last year thinking i need i want to have multiple voices and a bunch of lfos and it's like wait and all these oscillators and think wait a minute now that i'm getting into it i realize i don't need a lot and actually the whole idea behind it to for me is minimalism is to actually see how much sound I can create with as few modules as possible. So, you know, I started out with 104 HP and took, you know, and I'm still kind of swapping things out, not entirely sure with like the last two I really want to put in there with, you know, with like a, with uh, having a, a power of only having, being able to, you know, do 10 at a time. But that's something that's good because I'm, a, I'm limiting myself to only being able to put in 10 modules at a time. So I really have to limit myself of what I'm going to use, and that'll help me control what's going to be coming out of it. Absolutely. Um, I kind of went the reverse of you. You <laughs> did. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I wanted, you know, what did I want? I think I started with the full tech matter because I wanted that kind of granule drum synthesis kind of idea, and then the morphogene by Make Noise, and, you know, it was, a, it was just like a, I think, a credit card free for all for me on, <laughs> on perfect circuit, you know, just like, I want this, 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 you know, and now I'm like struggling going, you know, I have my make noise skip, which I think is 104 HP. Mm-hmm. And then the tip top mantis, which is 208. So you have two, mm-hmm. two rows of 104 HP. Right. And I'm still like searching, you know, for space, you know, cause I'm like, I'm like, I want the mixer. I need the voltage block. I, I want this, you know, reverb, you know, the, the chrono blob, I want the DSP by Pico, you know, so I'm like, I want effects and I want utilities. Where am I going to put them? (laughs) You know, and I'm like, do I need to buy another skiff? So, I mean, you know, your approach with kind of toning it back and kind of really making, you know, concise decisions on what's going to go in your Euro rack, I think, you know, kind of plays with that, the, the, um, the creative minds um, of people that want to go the minimal route and kind of really go, what is the specific module that I need that's going to complete this Euro rack skiff or kit, you know, and and that and I think that I, you know, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have taken that route and really, I mean, I did my research and I, but I mean, it, it's kind of hard not to love all of them. It's kind mm. of the problem I was going, I was getting into, and now kind of toning it back and going. What am I really gonna want to utilize in a live situation? Yeah, and again, you know, when, and once you get into the live situation, you have to realize you have to know your modules before you even get there. Well, you don't have to, but it does really help if you have an idea of where you want the sound to go. Absolutely. Because you know, there's a lot of imp- you know, with a lot of the live shows that I've done over the past year and that you've f- performed with me, there's a lot of guys there that come with a set, and they're you know, partially improvising because they, you know, they have an idea of where they want the sound to go and they'll eventually get there, but it'll, it kind of naturally goes in a progression. Right. You know, some, but, uh, and, and some, some guys like, like, like musical fungus mm-hmm. will, he's already, you know, he's been doing it so long and he's, and he understands his modules so much that he, he knows where it's going to go and he's able to control it to the point where this, it sounds organic. And the whole his whole performance just sounds like this beautiful organic arc, which I haven't heard many other um, musicians really get that out of out of your rack. You know, a lot of the guys are doing 
noise or, or techno, which is fine and cool, but it's different when you can actually create something like that where you are creating almost a story that's, that's taking you out of yourself and you're actually getting into the atmosphere of the of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the atmosphere. You know, um, you know a lot. I know a, you know, a light bath. You know, those guys kind of doing these um, kind of really ambient kind of progressions that kind of you, you kind of feel it swell, and then it kind of has like this kind of fluttery melody progression, and and then maybe 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 not having a rhythm rhythm section in there. It's you know. It's kind of up to the user at that point, you know, of, you know where this is going to go. But yes, especially learning, you know, what your module's capability is, and 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 understanding its limitations, and you know, working with within those limitations to kind of take it to where you really want it to go. I think that's that's kind of the uh, the game when it comes to modular is that um, we kind of don't know what we're doing. I mean, mm. to a degree, we can learn as far as we can take it. But it's always going to sound different the next time you turn on. You, you turn it on. It's not going to sound the same. Yeah. You know they are going to drift. You know, to a degree, and it's you know. But it, that's kind of the fun of it. It's like creating a new painting every single time, and like every time you're you're you paint something, and it's like you're whitewashing or blackwashing the canvas and starting over again. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I think that's the fun in it. I I agree. You know that's one of the most uh, wonderful things that is continuously giving back to yourself every time you play is even if you're just you know at home in your own studio just playing around you're always come finding new sounds and going different places that you didn't expect to go and that's one of the wonderful things that 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 uh euro rack and, and just module music in general is allowing a lot of artists to do and it's a, it's a great experiment when every time you play now something i'm curious about is uh, let's let's look back at uh, you know that first show we did back in April last year at Res Freak. Mm-hmm. Now we did a little bit of setup. Like there was that one set we really did. Basically, it was you know we did your song and there was a second song that we kind of, that I kind of did afterwards, and we kind of bled into it. Mm-hmm. Now you set up your uh, the Korg uh, sample for that, or the the Volca sample. So what was that set? It was the monologue. And so the Korg Volca kick, FM, and sample. Okay. Yeah. And and you already knew what you wanted to do with, with everything you already had with that setup. I mean, I think when you said, you know, we were going to kind of try to do our, you know, an, a set in Oakland, I kind of like lit a fire under me to kind of really write something. And I mean, I've been listening back to these tracks, you know, the last couple of days and going, you know, where was really my mind there creating these songs for us to do? I mean, I guess, you know, sometimes that creativity is dormant until you're just really like, boom, under the gun, this needs to happen right now. What do I, what do I really want to express right now? You know, and it was, you know, obviously for me, it's angst. Obviously it's for me, it's something, you know, political or something you know, that's going to spark the listener to go, yeah, like, I do feel like this. So I guess in writing those two tracks um, for us to perform, you know, I think that I really wanted to be able to express mainly to you that, you know, this is what I could do for us and this is the kind of 
the mood I wanted to set with going forward with um, imitation growth. That's I, that was where I was, and that's kind of why I wrote those tracks um, for us to kind of work with. Okay. Yeah, I, they were great. I think the the you know I think we got a great response from the audience from especially with that sample you took from the network, which mm -hmm. which we incorporated into the song. I think worked really well. And yeah, you're welcome, man. That was genius, you know, because I didn't know it personally. I mean, I I heard like clips of it before. I think from like Weird Al Yankovic's UHF, they they quoted it some at some point, but then you actually use a sample from it. Yeah, I used that whole sample. Um, it's a whole I think three minute long sample. Um, I really kind of think that that's where my mind was at, and I kind of took you know those two tracks, and I really wanted to kind of express this you know this feeling of we're kind of in this we are already living in this dystopian society just we're not really we don't really see it mm. you know and and that we really kind of do need this kind of awakening moment where we're like what is it going to take what 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 is it going when are, when is it going to be enough that you're just going to be like I've had I've had it I've mm. had it and I think I want you know not only myself, but the people listening to that to really kind of go, you know, I think it's time for us to kind of make a change in society. And where does it start? It's going to start with you. Mm. And as a Buddhist, mm. you've actually got a lot of anger. <laughs> you know, um, they, you know, the thing about being Buddhist is that I'm not anywhere near, you know, you know, dividing myself or you know separating from my human nature yeah. you know um i understand that i have you know what we they term fundamental darkness within my life you know or, or negative tendencies within my life you know and i i try my best you know to to at least be conscious of it in the moment when i'm acting out of aggression or acting but I, you know, there's part of you know the practice. I'm I'm an, I'm an SGI Nichiren Buddhist um, practicing here in California. Um, we can get into that later. I mean, I could probably take up your whole interview with the with, with talking about that. But um, you know, anyway, back to you know, personally, you know, like, it's about the practice really trains you to understand, kind of, consciously. You know where am I? You know, there's there's this um, idea called the ten worlds. You know, and, and you know, am I living in the bottom world of hell or hunger or anger? You know, and understanding at at each moment of my life. You know, I don't have to choose those things. I can choose to be you know up in the higher ones, learning realization. You know, bodhisattva Buddhahood. You know, and having the clear mind to you know see like okay. I'm in the higher realm. What am I going to use this anger for? And I and I would hope that what comes across, maybe as anger or angst, maybe might stir up in someone, you know, the um, the feeling of justice. What does justice mean to you? What do you see as injustice in our reality that needs to be, you know, fixed? Yeah. And so, I'm. Now, and with the with all that, is this something that helped that uh, you channel into your music? I try to, you know. I I mean, I try to stay in my kind of human realm, which is kind of baseline in the world, in the one of the, in the ten worlds. You know, human, the realm of human 
nature, you know, where you're kind of, you know, you're kind of floating around aimlessly, but I mean, you're, you're kind of semi-conscious, you know, in your own cognitive thought. So, I mean, I want to be as human as I possibly can be, but my, my intention is to show what injustices are happening in our, in our society. What, what kind of, um, what kind of things can we do to kind of stir up an effect within the listener that's going to really be the catalyst? I mean, I don't want to be like, I'm the one that's going to do it, but it's like I'm <laughs> hoping that, you know, something's going to spark the listener to go, I need to do something to fix society. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's something that's that does speak into your I think it goes into your music a lot because you know you and I we we we, sh we swap music ideas all the time like throughout the week we'll just like you know if I'm writing something or you write something we'll just you know send it to each other right away mm -hmm. just go check it out dude this sounds fucking dope and and it's great to have that that feedback right away you know because you and I have that connection where we can actually share each other's music with each other and either you know we'll and it's something that I've found extremely useful because we can we're able to bounce ideas off each other and we inspire each other. Like when you send me a track and I haven't written anything in like a week or two, I all of a sudden like feel in uh, the the need to play again, and I get inspired from what you play. And you know you've got a lot of grit in your music, and over the past year you've actually gotten a lot more melody in your music. Like in the past two tracks you sent me last week, they were beautiful and 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 um <clears throat> excuse me now were they were those tracks both uh on software uh like um like phone apps um i think so the <clears throat> two that i sent you i think um yeah i think um both were written either off of i think that most of them are off of um moog apps that are on mm -hmm my phone so i think either the model 15 or the the model d um, phone apps which allow me to um i can only i can multi-track um or overdub but but um i can only do five minutes so it kind of mm. the, the restrictions kind of not kind of nice to a degree because i'm it's like okay well what can i do like i can layer and layer and layer and kind of start with um either a bass or start with the you know, a kick drum, and then kind of layer in these kind of textural melodies and arpeggios, um, you know, that's going to go in and out through throughout the track, um, which is a definite, you know, divide from like, you know, a month ago where I'm sending you these really dark kind of um, goblin-esque, Susperia-esque so songs that I was sending you where, you know, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it is kind of a dive into human nature, you know, you know, for me personally, because I mean, I go, I mean, I have depression, bipolar disorder, you know, I'm a very, I'm a, I, I just realized, I think, um, a year ago that I'm a highly sensitive person and, and reading up on what, it, what that means, um, you know, so really taking a look at what my psyche is, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding like, okay, you know, I do feel kind of depressed right now and how you, and and that kind of reflects in the songs I'll send you you know definitely you know okay like I remember your text you're like oh this is kind of dark I'm like yeah, yeah like 
I might not even realize it, you know, in the moment because it's just it's just a feeling, you know, and it's just and I think that it's just coming across like that because that's just where my creative mind was in the time of writing it. Right, and your mood will influence what you write a lot in, in, with music and everything else. But <clears throat> and I, and to me, that's one of the most powerful things in the way that you write music is that you know, and it, and it's, and it's so prevalent in everything that you write and you send me, you know, whether it's really dark or a very beautiful melodic and mellow, <clears throat> which is few and far between, but is really cool. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think listening to other people's performances has kind of gotten me kind of to think more on a melodic level um, in terms of, you know, this kind of, because uh, usually I'm just like straight four, four to the floor, mm -hmm. pound, goth, noise, you know, I don't really ever think about, about being ambient. I really don't think about melody, you know, which kind of comes from, you know, my background in playing bass, my background in being a rhythm player, is that I want to just drive home the groove and you know somebody else will take care of the melody but I think in the past couple months I kind of realized like it's not that I'm t I tire or bore of that I just want to try to expand what I can do with melody you know because I never really explored you know sonically what I'm capable of doing with melody or, or um, ambient sounds you know you know a rising um, you know feedback from a from a reverb or a delay and what kind of overtones that that's going to achieve in the mix mm. is something new to me that I think you know I'm expanding my own interpretation of what I can do with melody besides the bomb 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 I can do that yeah. until the cows come home so it's like <laughs> it might as well you know step outside the box of my own understanding of create of uh, my own creative mind towards melody yeah, and so, um, what do you? What's your opinion on on uh, you know phone app synthesizers? Because I've if, with my experience, you know, I've I'm only using I've only used the core gadget, and I fell in love with it right away. Like I d I downloaded the sample pack, and within a day, I was like, okay, this is worth forty bucks. This is totally awesome, and. You know, and I wrote, you know, within like a few months, I was just continuing on, on my phone, just writing stuff. I'd be on the bus, just writing music, be with my girl, and she's like, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "Playing, playing some music," you know, and and it was, it was phenomenally fun because I was able to basically make music and not be in my studio at home, and being able to be outside and be influenced by the atmosphere and and the chaos that goes on outside, and you know, be on the bus and see all the homeless junkies and do all and be influenced by everything around you and hear people yelling at each other and that is affecting me at the same time while I'm writing at you know, right there. So that to me it's it's been really kind of freeing that I'm able to not I don't have to be at home to create music. I can be anywhere now and just just do it. And that's something that I I, I was um what was it? Uh, last year, I was having drinks with with Nathan Moody, and we were chatting about that. Because, and he had said, and he was, and he was happy to hear 
that I had gotten into it because even he said, you know, it's, it's liberating to be able to do that, to be able to be anywhere, to sit on a bus with like an OP-1 and write uh, anything you want. And it's, it's truly fascinating that we're able to do that now. And that's something that was not available 10 years ago. This is all because we have smartphones now. And they really are much more advanced than they were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we were just playing Flappy Bird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you know, in the last few years, you know, more and more of these, you know, synthesizers are, are more compact. You know, um, the, what is it, a Batsel, you know, little modular, what is it, the Castle? Yeah, yeah, the um, Batsel so Castle. Cas the Castle and, you know, the Vol the Volca series. Um you know, even the, you know, they just came out. Nam just came out with their with their their drum machine and their mo their modular. Um, they made them a little, you know, Volca modular thing. So well, I think it's like maybe in the you know, of course, you know, Teenage Instruments with their OP One series and their, um, you know, their pocket operators oh, as wow, well. The, yeah, the you know, really so great. I mean, like being able to have almost like a portableism version of your synthesizer that you can take with you and put it in your pocket. I think we're coming into that era now where you know the artist does want to be able to be on the go and be influenced by their surrounding environment that that because that is where we kind of get some of our creativity from you know from other people you know and we can get into quantum physics and the you know you know quantum entanglement with other people you know that might be another discussion for a later <laughs> d discussion um but i mean yeah, I mean, being influenced by our environment, you know, we might not might not even think that we are, but we absolutely are, you know. So, you know, using a phone app, you know, might sound like you know it's you know the squire of fenders, you know, when in terms of <laughs> synthesizers. But I mean, to be able to have the ability to be at work or you know, on the bus, you know, and being able to kind of fiddle around with the synthesizer was something we weren't really able to do so you know five plus years ago so you know i almost want to say to the the, the person that's kind of knocking it hey don't don't knock it till you give it a go and i think you'll yeah. probably be surprised yeah and there's and you know there's some people who are you know more purists and want to do like all analog and and then there's you know people like us who would think you know if it's available use it the technology is, is available and you can have more and there's more versatility that way there's you know we perf we've performed with with guys who are who are sending you know MIDI out of an iPad to their to their Eurorack system which is possible and I've seen guys do it and it's totally cool I think it's fantastic that you can use you know your hardware and your software all at once and you can do it in a performance that's it's it's phenomenal, and you could probably do it from a phone too now, which I haven't tried, but I'm sure you could. You know, some of these things like, like Core Gadget sends you can export MIDI files now, which Absolutely. is yeah, I MIDI, still don't know to do those things. Is, uh, I, I bought it; it's still sitting in the box at home. Yeah, but yeah you can connect um, your phone to a MIDI uh, through a MIDI cable to um, your MIDI keyboard and be able to trigger your phone app or um, you know your phone app or, or iPad from you know your your hardware synthesizer which is MIDI out which is something you know 
awesome. That's super awesome. It is. You know, I can now use my my core. Yeah. You know, I can now use my core Monopoly app on my phone and the, you know, the Moog Model D app on my phone. You know, and have it triggered with the with a keyboard, the physical keyboard, instead of just this touch screen. Um, yeah, back to what you were saying about you know, um, you know, triggering. You know, there's this guy I watch. I forgot his name right now, and I apologize that I can't name drop him right now. But he um, he does a lot of um, kind of instructional videos for modules. Um, he made a phone app that um, that um, that will trigger like you can do like volume fades or you can do like um cut off and resonant fades um with his phone app and i sorry i can't remember the i think it's ribbon is the name of it i haven't used it no. um it's on i i purchased the app you know in, in hopes that i in the future i could you know use this you know either in a euro rack situation or um you know just even having it um kind of toggle back and forth between um different phone applications you know to kind of see what kind of sounds i can get but I think this revolution of phone apps um, and pocket-sized synthesizers, you know, is something that you know maybe even the person that can't afford to start a Eurorack um, kit or uh, skiff, or even get a you know, you know standard synthesizer, full key, you know, sixty-six keys or whatever, they, they can, can now, use, now they have a phone app that they can get started on before they get into hardware. Exactly, or pay for like you know. A hundred dollar, you know, pocket operator, or pay for, you know, a hundred and fifty dollar Volca. You know, it's like the introduction to synthesis is becoming more readily available to the novice or even the non novice user. They can now get their feet wet, which yeah. I think is something, you know, back then when you know when Bob Moog was making his mini Moog or you know Buchla making the easel, it's like. Dude, you need to be either a professor at a university or someone that has the the capital to afford a synthesizer. Now we're getting into the idea of like anybody can anybody can now learn electronic music. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you know, um, unless you want to be, you know, your tractor DJ, homie, you know, n not talking to those people, you know, hey, they can they got their niche in society. But <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, you know, it's the ability to really use software and hardware synthesizers and synthesis to create music um, on a level that had not yet been achieved, you know, in the last decade. Absolutely, and that's something that has really been getting me interested in uh, the next, the you know, the the young next generation coming up. That there's 23 year old kids, adults uh, that have careers in in DJing and they're doing everything on a laptop and they're playing, you know, they're, they're playing venues and shows and festivals all over the place and they've got careers and they've been playing for like five years. Yeah, it's it's fascinating that with the advancements of the technology availability, that if you start at an early age, you'll get right into it, and it's just it's. Just, it's totally baffling me. I can't understand it, but it's I mean, it's it's great. I'm glad these kids can do that, and you know, and you know, I'm envious, of course. Wish I was doing something like that, but you know, everyone's brains are you know designed a little bit differently, and the technology wasn't available at the same time. And I wasn't really pushing myself to get into it as myself either. I you know, if I wanted to, 
if I was interested in it, I sh you know I would have I could have studied coding, you know, back when I was in college. Didn't, you know, learned a little bit of HTML. And that's as far as I got. Maybe a little JavaScript, but uh, you know, not so much. <laughs> I mean, those kids, you know, uh, or young adults. Um, kudos to them, you know, for learning how to, you know, run Tractor and 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 um, certain Novation, you know, you know, um, controllers for their for their laptop. You know, I, I see a bunch of guys doing that stuff, and you know, it's it's not my cup of tea in in terms. Maybe maybe I'm just getting older. You know, like you know who who I, mean, I just had this thought the other night. Like, who would have thought that you know in my early 30s that I would be you know a 60 year old man? Oh, I don't understand that music of today. What is this dubstep and trap shit? You know, I mean, and having I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you know it is kind of. Um, I don't want to sound elitist or nihilistic or anything like that, you know, to, you know, I'm not docking their music, you know, and, you know, it's, it's what they love to do. And, you know, if they want to get out there and do their fist pumps at the rave in the club, kudos and, you know, hats off to you, you know, that's what they love doing, you know, and, you know, it, it is an elation for them. So, I mean, you know, is it, it's, it may differ, you know, um, creatively or may differ, you know, um, with approach to getting into electronic music, you know, the divide from using, you know, like Ableton Live or certain computer applications that have synthesized or like um, Arturia's website and mm -hmm. getting something like the Easel, like we yeah, both yeah. have, you know, like it might be a complete divide from them using, you know, Tractor for their for their songs and writing on certain applications to make, you know, their trap music or dubstep music or house trance whatever whatever your whatever your niche is comparative to, you know, learning how to use a synthesizer on your computer or learning to, you know, or purchasing a a, a, a cheap, you know, soft um sorry, not software, a hardware synthesizer that you can you know, learn on like a mono, like a monologue or mini log, you know, and understand how to do subtractive synthesis, you know, it's going to be, it's different, you know, and in, in, in every genre is going to be different, yeah. you know, for, for those people, for, for anyone, you know, obviously classical music is going to sound different than punk rock music is going to be sound, you know, Sonny and Cher is going to sound different than Sex Pistols, you know, so I mean, we all have our own kind of creative tastes, you know, when it comes to music. And I think, you know, both, you know, are relevant in their own realms. Um, I just, I chose this path of learning hardware synthesis. Um, it stemmed from that friend in high school, you right. know, and, you know, I, I could probably hear his voice in the back of my head. How, how fucking dare you, you know, use <laughs> a phone app, but it's like, you know what? It, as long as, I mean, so here, here's my, I guess, conclusion in, in, you know, is that, you know, as long as the creative mind is a fire and a blaze within one's life, I think that's the joy that we can not only bring others, but bring ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, there's, I was listening to this cat the other day, uh, Luca Schreiner, this German guy. This guy is 23 years old. He's been playing. He started playing when he was like 16. He's been and he's played around the world. He's doing remixes all all over the place. 
and I listen to this guy and I'm learning stuff from him and you know I've got what am I I think I'm like I got like 15 years on this kid if not more and uh he's you know and he's talking about you know how he does remixes and he's talking about the plugins he's using for for uh, Logic Pro X and I'm and I'm learning tips from this kid which is cool you know and and that makes me excited about you know the next generation coming up a uh, buddy of mine I work with he's got a seven-year-old kid for his birthday I said hey man give this give your kid I, I, I got a, I got him uh, the uh, a pocket operator I think it was the pocket operator 12 or 13 I can't remember which one it was but rhythm. basically right. yeah rhythm? I think it was the rhythm of the beats mm-hmm. I can't remember which one off the top of my head mm-hmm. but it was one of those two <laughs> and you know, I figured, like, you know, my buddy, he's always, you know, listening to music. He and I always always talking, having a great time chatting about all kinds of music. And he goes, and he, he goes, you know, beyond genres. Like, he goes everywhere with, with music. And and he's always playing, like, records for his kid. And he's and I think that's a great exposure because, you know, when you're a kid, you absorb everything. So I gave him this little thing, and, my, and he came up to me the next day. He's like, dude, that thing is so fun. He's like, my boy just took it and just started going and playing and round on it and going to town. It's, it's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And and that made me excited. I'm like, that's so cool. Like, this little kid, it's just, you know, it's a tiny little thing. It's a powerful little tool. You know, and like the KO33 that you got me, mm-hmm. yep. I played around with it. I, I I took it out and played a show with it once, and it was it was okay. A little underpowered for to play a show, but... Uh, it's just still a lot of fun, and to hear that my my friend's kid is enjoying it so much, I'm hoping that maybe someday I'm this kid will be influenced, and it might be something that he will pursue and learn more about as he gets older. That he's starting out with this, you know, give give a kid a little toy, and see where he goes with it. See if he's going to develop it and and create a career out of music. Is he going to get into doing soft sense or something like that? Is he going to get more of the, the POs and link them all together with jacks and just have a little, you know, a, just have a little show right there <laughs> he can do in his bedroom? It's pretty yeah, fascinating. That's, that's kind of what I'm really hopeful for is that more and more, you know, people are going to be kind of introduced to, you know, electronic music, you know, via these, these smaller pocket-sized instruments. There was one I think out of um, Jakarta. I think that their their whole kind of thing was making modular synthesizers run on nine volt batteries for children. Yeah. Uh, I forgot their name offhand. Um, the, the note starts with a K, um, but I, 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 the name really eludes me. But I just thought, what a great idea! You know, just really, you know. And then there's like the Dado. Mm-hmm. Um, synthesizer for children too. I'm like, I'm like, I want one of those things. If I could afford one of those things. <laughs> yeah. I would have got one of those things. You know, like. We're really getting into the, you know, because it used to be like, you know, you get your kid like a glockenspiel or a little, you know, some, you know, little kid piano or something like that. But it's really interesting now that, you know, in, you know, where we are, you know, in 2019, that you can get something for your child, you know, that, you know, as a, as an electronic music lover, that you can give your kid, you know, something that they can just kind of tinker around with you know i see like the videos they were posting like literally little children like two-year-olds playing with a modular synthesizer yeah is just phenomenal to me and i and i hope that yeah i I do have a real 
you know, huge hopes for the future of, of electronic music and where it's going to go. More people are going to, you know, at one point, we, you and I both know at one point, you know, the bubble is going to burst if there even is a bubble with the Euro rack situation. And it's going to, it's, people are going to just want to start doing this. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what comes out, what people are going to be doing with these instruments. Something that, you know, about that bubble, like, I've, I've been, yeah, I know I'm aware of it, but I'm not, I'm not too concerned about, you know, it bursting or anything like that, because if you look at Europe, you know, that's where electronic music is, it's most popular. Germany, Eastern Europe, places like that, that's where, like, the best festivals are happening for electronic music, and have been for decades. It's, you know, for there, it's always been part of the culture and 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 I'm envious of that being an American because we don't have that culture out here. You know, out here we've got rock and roll, we've got hip hop, and those are the and, and country and those are the main genres that are fluid throughout you know the 50 states. And then you look at but then when you look at you know the smaller groups of electronic musicians that are going that are getting together in, in Oregon in Portland, that's the biggest hub. For Eurorack and modular musicians is Portland, Oregon, and it's growing more and more. It's in Seattle, Washington now. It's you know, and there's you know pockets within California, not as well connected, but we're here, and it's slowly growing more and more. So I'm hoping that eventually we can get to the point where we're able to do, you know, bigger shows doing electronic music, you know, as as if we were you know like Europe does because we should be I honestly think that we should be you know it's something and it shouldn't have to be that one genre of just you know it shouldn't have it shouldn't be just techno or house it should be ambient and noise and all that all those beautiful textures you can get from these wonderful synthesizers that you that really can, can control your mood and emotions and take you and take you places you didn't know you could go. Absolutely. I mean, I just I can't wait to see this kind of growing expanse of the you know the, of the subgenre um, of electronic music. You know, and the um, and it's you know it's not that it's an underground thing currently. I mean, but I it, I mean I guess in hindsight and, or in retrospect, it sort of is. And I I think maybe seeing that prosper into a, a more prominent, you know, um, or forefront, um, something that you can, you know, talk to your parents about, you know, and in the next couple of years might, Hey, like this is, this is something that's going to be, you know, at the Fillmore West or something, you know, like, you know, might be something that we will see in, in the coming years, which is, I think yeah. really promising for us. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. Yeah. We should be, you know, guys like us, all these electronic musicians that we know, we should be playing venues like Bill Graham Auditorium and everywhere else. I mean, and kudos to, like, Nathan Moody, you know, like, you know, I heard that, you know, I don't know how long that podcast, uh, how long ago that podcast was, but, you know, he's saying he played a gig, you know, in San Francisco, and that that just makes me feel wonderful, you know, that, you know, that there are people that are going to want to hear, you know, a new artist or, you know, hear electronic music in a setting like that instead of it just being like you know in some you know 
warehouse space or something like that where it's mm-hmm. like you know you know it's not a sold out venue or something to that effect or or a prominent venue like you know the great american music hall or bill graham or right rather Regency it's like a something like that rather right? it's like robot speak synthesizer shop down you know lower Kudos hate them for doing that though. which is cool you know because like yeah. how else will you create a culture yeah. you know because that's kind of where we're at right now you know it isn't you know euro rack and synthesize you know hardware synthesis isn't in the forefront you know it it does take a back seat unfortunately to techno house dubstep trap you know the club scene where you know that's that's what's prominent that's what you know quote unquote the kids want you know but like you know we're in our early 30s here and you know there are younger people doing this but i mean it does seem like hardware synthesis is kind of a more um you know it's stemming from maybe a 70s and 80s ideal of of sounds you know and i and so it for it to kind of make it more into the quote-unquote limelight you know it's gonna take it's gonna take some time you know because of just how the culture is right now mm-hmm. with you know the way it's being received because it because it isn't something you know that's a four to the floor kind of thing sometimes sometimes it is ambient like you were saying so i mean like we were both saying so that's kind of the unfortunate side of where we're at right now when it comes to you know wanting to play a gig you know is like we're not you know we're not djs and we're no. not we're not just you know, hitting play on their space bar on the computer, you know, like, and just, you know, making sure the track's up on my mixer, like, that's, that's something we're not doing. We're really, we really are, you know, easeling, as Bukla, you know, you know says, we or and created is, we are literally constructing the music on the fly for people, which you are seeing the artist at work. And I think that, that's something that you know in the future is um promising that people are going to be really inspired and i think that being continually inspired to see these artists come out is is something that i i I can't i can't wait absolutely man yeah i'm looking forward to that too well i think that's uh i think that's about it for today yeah that's uh yeah sure man thank you so much for having me on your show dude (laughs) show what show this is the show, the North North Beats from North Beach. <laughs> Thanks, man. Corey Luna. <laughs> Give it up, everybody. <laughs>